I want you to lean in. I want you to engage this morning, okay? If you're online, I want you to sit up. I want you to change your position. I want you to be a part of the service. Uh, when we say clap our hands, clap our hands, when you're a part and you speak the words and you sing, you connect with God. You didn't come to hear me speak. <laughs> I've been a waste of time, all right? So, but what you've come here is to touch God. So we want you to lean in this morning. We had a powerful first service. We're going to have a great service this week. And so my question today is how do we respond to the time we live in? I mean, culture's going crazy, money, I'm not sure. Jobs are up and down. It's just, just everything is unstable. It's different. It's, you have nothing to count on. Everywhere you go, there's this mask, and, and you don't feel like you're connecting to anybody. You feel isolated, which is one of the tactics. When I used to teach uh, hostage situations, probably the first thing you do is you make the person feel isolated. And we're feeling isolated, cut off. How do you deal with a time like this? And what I've shared is it's time to stand. You stand in God's presence. Now worship in that time, and you're, you're, you're devotional. You're just standing and say, God, I want to hear your mind. You stand on the word. He will speak to you. He will share with you. You stand on that word, and then you stand and you release the Holy Spirit and what God has for you. Oh, come on, Randy. I understand all that. That's good, but you don't know my circumstances. You don't know what I'm facing. This one... <laughs> is a big one. I'm not sure where God is in all this. You don't know what I'm dealing with. So I want you to pull out your notes. I want you to follow along. Those are online. If you'll just go ahead and go to foundgrace.com, you'll find the notes there in the connection cards. Follow along with me. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. At evening, Jesus said to the disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. Now, I just want to point out something. When God tells you something, he doesn't change his mind. Many of you had God kind of share something with you. You know you're supposed to do something for God. There's something that you, you've kind of put it off. You've denied it. You've you know, said, oh, it's over. It's gone. It's past. God doesn't change his mind. Say, we're going to the other side. But you didn't know about the storm, Jesus. <laughs> yes, I did. But we're going to the other side. I already let you know ahead of time. So they took Jesus in the boat. They started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats did follow. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill the boat with water. When there's a storm going on and your boat is filling with water, that's scary. The water's splashing around, it's cold, it's in your face, it's in your feet, it's in your socks, it's in your shoes, it's all through you. You say, this is a problem. Jesus was sleeping. How many times do we think that Jesus is just sleeping, just not aware? He's not, he's not worried about it. He says, I've already dealt with this, okay? I've given you faith. Go ahead, speak faith, take care of things, all right? He's sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples wake him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? 
Hey, God, don't you get what's going on? Have you seen what's happening in our government? Have you seen what's happening in our culture? Have you seen what's happening in our bank account? Have you seen the doctor report? Have you seen what's going on? Hello, Jesus. Now, no one's ever said that, right? No one's ever felt that way, right? I just want to make sure, you know, we've never told Jesus that way and talked to him that way. Don't you care? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? I don't think this was a rebuke. I think this was the deeper question. Because God brings us along. I think he's asking you a deeper question. Why are you afraid? What experience have you faced? What storm are you in? What's going on that, that fear has gripped you right now? And then he said, do you still have no faith? He's trying to take them deeper. He's trying to wake them up, their potential. He's trying to get them to understand, I am with you. There are no surprises. I have a great plan. Who would have thought up Lazarus as a plan, huh? Let him die, let him be in the ground for a while. I know the the plan is come while he's sick because we have enough belief to believe that. Oh no, I'm going to give you more belief that you can raise the dead. And in this time and this day, we need to have a confidence and a strength in God. Do you still have no faith? Disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Their faith has been raised. Fear is a normal human response. Write that down in your notes. It's a normal response. It's, that's, you know, it's, it's normal for us to be afraid, for something to catch us off guard, something to kind of overwhelm us, because we have this place that we don't even realize in us, that we built up systems around us to keep that fear. And so it's normal for us. So what's God's response to fear, it's to overcome it. It's to come into you and fill you, strengthen you. It's to overcome it. You know, when Veronica, our daughter, died, that was devastating. That was overwhelming to us. Very painful years for us. And then when Brittany was born, the doctor says, listen, because we weren't able to figure out what happened with your past daughter, we want to make sure things are, we, we have all these monitors, all these things that we want you to have on her so that, you know, during the night something doesn't happen and it'll alert you if her heart stops, it'll alert you if there's a cough, it'll just, it's, you know, all these monitors. We want you to, to have them. And Terry and I talked to ourselves, can we live in that fear? 
day in and day out, night just wrestling with that? God, what is your mind? Here's the key to everything. Because you may disagree with what we do. And like that. I'm just telling you, we heard God. And you need to go to his presence and you need to hear God. And God says, I've got this. And said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to spend every night wondering whether our daughter died. We're not going to speak that fear into our home. There's something, I'm not about just what your words are, what you say occasionally. I, I'm just telling you, there's something that where there's an attitude that produces, that becomes a ground that can bring forth all types of it. It's like, no, God, I trust you. We were combating fear. It was hard for us. We'd lost our child. There's a reason to fear. God says, don't fear not. And she did fine. About four years later, she had an accident. She fell and hurt herself, and we went in. They did some x-rays. They, they saw some things. They had us do some more x-rays. They had us do uh, and shoot radiation and all this stuff to see, they really, uh, see it. And then they put her in the tube, and they did the MRI, and they did it like that. And that night... The chief surgeon from MD Anderson, which is one of the most pronounced hospitals in the United States for cancer, says, you need to be in here now. We want to see you tonight. We're going to do surgery in the morning. When we arrived at that hospital, because we were new to the church that we were at, we had no support. We had no people reaching out for us. We were alone. First enemy tactic is always to make you alone. And then there is fear. Doctors are coming in. It's a training hospital, so all types of doctors are coming in. Okay, next thing you expect, you expect a fever. She had a fever. Next thing you expect, you expect some vomiting. She had vomiting. Next thing you expect is, and they're naming these things off one by one, and it is happening right there in that room in that moment. We went to God, and we were so afraid. to God. What do you have to tell us? He says, you get fear out of that room. You get fear out of that room. So I, being a former deputy sheriff, knew what to do. I went to the door and guarded it. Shut the door, put my chair in front of it. Doctors and nurse come says, you're not coming in. But we need to do it. No, 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 you've tested and drawn enough blood. You've got all that you need. We don't need to do any more. Fear is not coming in this room. What do you mean? Finally, they got the chief surgeon down. Says uh, they kind of think that maybe you're going nuts here, you know, and you're having a problem here, and you know what's going on. It says, no, we feel we have a good idea what's going on, and everyone coming in poking a problem. You're causing fear. We're we believe we're praying. This is a time that she just needs to be left alone. And from that moment on, her fever dropped. And there was calm in the room. The next morning, when the doctor came out, wouldn't even talk to me. We had to drive down to their office and say, okay, you've had surgery. You guys don't even, you're refusing. says, we just feel so stupid. There's nothing there. We saw, saw the test. It was there. There's nothing there now. It's all gone. Fear is the source of everything. Sometimes it'll be quick. Sometimes it'll be long. as you wage the battle? But you have to deal with fear. God wants us to overcome fear and deal with it. When an enemy reminds you of your fear, you remind them of your father. 
It says in Romans 8.15, So you have not received a spirit of fear that makes you fearful. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you in as his own children. Now you can call him Abba, Father. Philippians 4.6 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You stand in his presence. You hear what God has. You stand on the word because he is the word. All right? And you release the presence of his Holy Spirit. Because here's what's important. What you fear the most reveals in your heart where you can't trust God, where you trust him the least. It reveals the weakness. Satan goes, gotcha. No, you're afraid of your daughter. We're going to get your daughter. You know what happened last time. It's going to happen again. Can I trust you, God? Can I trust you here? This isn't condemnation. This isn't guilt. This is to wake you up. You've got a system that's protecting fear. You have something going on in your life that's holding fear. And I want to break this wrong. Something's occurred to you. Something's happening, and you're holding on to fear. I want to break that right now. Amen. Today's going to be an interactive day. Terry? I'm going to ask you to stand. Let's stand together. So what, what um, this is a different service where we normally do all of our worship at the end. We're going to do it all through the service this morning. And this is why. With each point that we're speaking, we don't want you just to hear the word, but we, we want you to proclaim and speak out and receive it for yourself. And when we sing a song, um, these songs have been chosen purposefully to speak out what you've heard, to speak it out, declare it, proclaim it, and receive it for yourself. And so we're going to worship all through the service this morning. We're going to declare what God has for us. We're going to proclaim it for our, ourselves. But I want to pray just real quick before we, we worship for a minute. Father God, I just pray you would be in our midst right now. I pray, Father God, that your Holy Spirit would move amongst us. I pray we would have ears to hear the truth of your word. I pray there would be revelation this morning uh, where we've been stuck, that you'll just uh, take blinders off. You'll reveal to us the truth of who you are and who you want to be in us. I pray our hearts will receive what you want to pour into us, the power of your Holy Spirit. Let it reign in this place. We come against fear, for in your word, it says fear is not of you. There is no place for it. And we command it to go and to leave. And then what would re be replaced would be the power of who you are. Peace would reign in this place as we continue just to worship, to speak it out, to proclaim it, and to hear your word, Lord. Let it just permeate through our sanctuary this morning. Your presence, the power of your spirit in Jesus' name. Let 
peace The storm surrounding me Let it rest At your name Still Call the sea to sin The rage in me to sin Everywhere At your name Is fear. The name of Jesus is up. You don't have room to talk in this place. You have no power. You have no authority. It belongs to me. He says, it belongs to me. All authority is mine. 
So we, we don't have to do it alone. We walk in his authority and we say no. We say no to fear this morning. So whatever fear, we all have it. And it doesn't have to necessarily be this pandemic. It can be anything. Whatever is entering your mind this morning that you're afraid of, we're gonna sing it out. I want you to say no to that. I say no to being fearful about this. I say no to being fearful about that. Whatever it is, begin to say no. Say no. In the spirit realm, there is power in rebuking the enemy and proclaiming the power of Jesus. Come on, let's do that together this morning. Oh, I say no. I say no to fear. I say no to fear. Just begin to use your voices and shout this out. I say no to fear. It has no place. I say no. question is, in checking our thoughts, are you choosing or reacting? Are you choosing fear, allowing it, or are you 
reacting to it. Are you choosing God's faith? Are you choosing God's presence? Or are you reacting to it? You're responding with fear to the things that you have. There's nine things that I say that you're going to face that are fear. There are choices that you make, decisions you make that allow fear in your life. And if you're online, you can go to Found Grace and get the notes and get that. For those here, I want you to take them home this week. I want you to look at them. I want you to ask yourself the question. We're not going to do it right now. But we take a service, we take it home, we study it, let it kind of filter through us through the week. It's not just a moment experience. It's something we grow on. I want you to ask these questions. Am I choosing to let fear be a part of my life? Am I choosing just to react to every situation or am I choosing faith? How am I choosing? How am I responding to this situation? Terry? All right. I am not naturally... Um, made to or have the DNA in me to think positively about things. I can be a little bit of a chicken little, like, ah, the sky's falling. Run, everybody run. I do not, I'm like a half-empty cup kind of girl. And um, so um, with that, you know, the realist in me looks at the situations and looks at the circumstances around and says, well, see, you know, this is what's happening. See? And Randy more than once has said, Terry, come back from the dark side. So thankfully, I am not that person anymore because I've implemented some things in my life. And... um I want to read to you a scripture. This scripture, you need to write it down. This is a scripture to memorize. This is a scripture to learn, to have it hidden in your heart for moments when things seem insecure and fearful and out of control. Um, this is a scripture you want to put on an index card and put it on your bathroom mirror to remind you. And it's Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And it says this, Fill your thoughts with heavenly realities, not the distractions of the natural realm. That is against our nature. How many of you are like me? Anybody, anybody here like me? Like you're a realist, right? Am I the only one, really? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, there we go. She just didn't raise her hand. But thank you, Anthony, for pointing that out. <laughs> Glenn, you and me. All right, so the scripture says, fill your thoughts with heavenly realities, not the distractions of the natural realm. We are living in a world with a lot of distractions, a lot of uncertainties, um, and it feels like it's spiraling very quickly, all that is happening. It feels out of control. And it feels like we can't do anything to fix it, right? This is what God's Word says. Don't focus on that. Don't focus on the distractions of what you see in the earthly realm. Let your focus be in the heavens, in the heavenly realm. So what does that say? God is at work. We just aren't seeing it yet. But He is at work. He is at work. I have seen this played out in my life over and over and over again. Times of desperation and financial desperation, and a check appears in the mail. There is nothing 
that our God cannot do. He is sitting on the throne. He is in control. And there are things at work in the spiritual realm that we cannot see. I believe something amazing is going to happen one day on this earth. The scripture tells us there's going to be an awakening. There's going to be a time when my spirit comes and it falls on this earth. And I and we I believe are getting ready to walk in that season. I am excited about that. I am looking at the the spiritual realm. You know, God's timing is never our timing. It never is. In fact, his timing always seems like he's really, really late. And you think, where, you know, when it all falls apart and you think, where were you, God? Like, I was on my knees. I prayed. And where were you? And, and God, when, it's, when it feels like it's too late, that's when God shows up and he does his best work because he wants to get the glory. It seems hopeless in so many areas right now. But God has a plan. And when he implements that plan, he's going to get the glory for it. He's going to get the glory, and, and every knee will bow and say, God is real. God is real. Um, so he can give you safety. He is a big God. All things are possible with him. Where you feel unsafe, he can surround you and give you safety. Where you have illness or sickness, God can come and touch you and heal you and restore you. Where you feel broken and wounded, God can come in and heal those deep places. Where you feel in your life the impossible situation and circumstance that you might face, God can come in in the impossibilities and make things possible. But what we have to do is be in line and in tuned with him. So the next thing that I, I, I want to talk about is um, the reaping and sowing. Because a proverb says that the tongue has the power of life and death. And we don't realize what we are, we are speaking death into our lives and death into our situation. I can tell you that God, all things are possible with God, and he can do all things in your life, but what are you speaking over your life? Are you speaking, it's always going to be like this? Are you speaking into your life, it's never going to change? Things are never going to be different? I am never going to succeed. I'm never going to reach the place that I feel God is calling me to. Let's stop right there. Because we need to, we need to find out what God is calling us to, what he has for us, and align ourselves with that. You know, we often think that, um, speaking out these things, well, wow, I see myself living in a mansion and driving a Mercedes. I'm going to, like, I'm going to put that picture on my refrigerator. I'm going to claim that. It's not that those things are bad, but is that what God has given and poured into your spirit for you to be? Not all of us are there to be there. So we have all been called to different things in our life, different places in our life. You each and every one have different giftings and abilities that God has given you, and he has purpose for that. Align yourself with that. Go to God and say, what do you have for me? If he has put in your spirit for a job that you still don't have, 
that's in your spirit for a reason. Those are the things you stand on and claim and you say, God, I'm believing for that. Those are the things you speak life into. I speak life into that. How many of us are still where we are year after year after year because we've spoken death over ourselves, death over our situation? We have cursed it with our words. There is power in our tongue, power in the things that we say. Um, Many, many, many years ago, I got very, very sick. And I went to a few doctors. They all said, we don't know what's wrong. And finally, the doctors started saying, well, we think it's in your head. You need to see a psychologist. And so it was getting so bad that I, I did not have the energy. I could do like maybe one thing in a day. And then I'd have to rest for a couple of days to, to re, you know, feel, feel good a little bit so I could do something else. So like if I needed groceries, I could go to the grocery store. I could make it through the grocery store, but I didn't have the stamina, the energy to take the groceries out and put them in the kitchen. I would have to wait for Randy to get home to do that. I couldn't even climb. After, after just going grocery shopping, I couldn't even climb the stairs to our room. I'd have to crawl up the stairs. And I'd have to be in bed for a couple of days to recuperate from that so that I could do something else. I, it took me about three days to, of rest just so I could be here on a Sunday and do all that God had called me to do here on a Sunday. And then I would go home and go right to bed, and there I'd be for another couple of days just because that would take every, every ounce of energy and strength um, that I had. And um, so I finally found a doctor who diagnosed it and told me what it was. And so I went to the bookstore. I bought all the books on what I had, took them home, and began to read them. And this is what the books told me. There is no cure. There's nothing anybody can do for you. You will one day be in a wheelchair. And I, in my spirit, I knew that wasn't what God had for me. I knew that that was, I knew he had other things for me to do. And that was not it. I felt it deep inside. I took every one of those books and I threw them in the trash. And I began to speak speak life, not death, into my health. Life. God, I know this is not what you mean for me. I know that you want to heal me. Where did I get that? Because the word of God says that he is good for me. The word of God says that he wants to heal me. The word of God says that he wants and he will fulfill your every need. Not always your desire, but he will always fill your every need. I can speak life. If I have a need, I can speak life into that. Not that, oh, this always happens to me. Just wait for the other shoe to drop because it's going to happen. That's speaking death. Speak life. It's in your word. It's your promise for me. I speak that. I speak life. I began to speak life into my health, life into the purpose that I felt God had called me to. And I just began to get better and better and better and better. It took, it has taken years. I'm still not 100% there, but I am almost. And every day I'm still speaking life. Speaking life. Our words matter. And what we speak out over ourselves matter. And so when fearful things happen, if we are speaking 
fear, like, oh, no, here we go again. It's going to be bad. What are we speaking? We're speaking death, not life, into our situation. So um, Isaiah 26 tells us that our minds um, need to be steadfast. Steadfast is firm in purpose and unwavering. And if we do that, the Scripture says we will walk in peace. Unwavering, steadfast. You know, the Bible is truth. Everything in it is truth. And so he says there is a way for us to walk out of fear and into peace. So I'd ask you this. What are you allowing into your thinking and your thought process? Who are you talking to? Who do you share with? Um, Gina's my girl right there. When Gina and I are just getting to know each other, but our conversations, the conversations we have are life-giving. When, when Gina and I talk about the things that are happening in our world today, it's encouraging because I know that we are kindred spirits in what we believe God is going to do. And that comes, it's life-giving, right? It's life-giving. Do you have people in your life that are doom and gloom and we're all going to die? We're all going <laughs> to, you know, be thrown in jail because we love Jesus, right? Are those the people that you're allowing to pour into you? If that's what you're allowing to pour into you, that's what's going to come out of you. I'm looking for people that are like-minded that are going to fill me, and I'm going to fill them. And we are like-minded in what we see God doing. That fills me up and encourages me. It doesn't drag me down. Some of you, some of us are getting our thoughts, what we believe, what we think, from news media, from Twitter, from Facebook, from Instagram, from all of our social mediums. And we're listening to all of that, and it's filling us with doubt, and it's filling us with fear. We are taking more stock in that, spending more time in that, than we are opening the Word of God and finding out what He has to say. Turn off your TV. Change your social media. Find people and have them in your life that are going to speak truth into you, that are going to encourage you. And as you do that, you're, going to, you're speaking life. And you, there's no room for fear then. It is what we allow in our thoughts, what, who we allow to speak into us, often that causes that and causes that um, in us. I believe this is a time more than any other time that God's requiring something of the church. I think that the church has been asleep for a long time. And church has been a comfortable place. And everything in our world is fine and beautiful. And we add church into that. And we come and we have a a wonderful time with God. And then we go home and we have all the things that we do. And it's been very comfortable. But it's not so comfortable right now, is it? And I believe that God is doing that. He wants the church to wake up because we have a purpose in this time. Are we ready for it? Are we functioning in it? You got to get your fear has to be gone. You got to get your thought process in the right way to do that, to walk in that. Because he's calling the church to wake up. What, what did Jesus say our purpose was from the very beginning? To lead people to Christ. Lead people to me. 
Show people who I am. He asked from the very beginning, and we have been asleep. But he is going to come. He is going to pour out his spirit. It's what the Bible said. He's going to pour out his spirit in a greater way so that no man can deny that God is real. Are you ready for that? Because you cannot share with people about the Lord if you are walking in fear and doubt. You cannot do that. We have to have our armor on. We have to be strong. We have to be of sound mind and right thinking for the lost to feel like that they have hope and purpose. Right? I might want you to stand up with me. And you have a communion cup. Um, Yeah. Some of you on your chair in the front row. So communion, you know, we, we talk about communion being in remembrance. We remember what Jesus did for us. We're honoring the sacrifice that he made for us. But it isn't just for then, it's for today. Because what he did on the cross is so that we have eternal life with him, so we have relationship with him, so we can walk in healing, so we can walk in purpose, so we can walk in peace. And so um, it is with the spirit of that that we want to take communion together. On the bottom of the cups is the bread, so if you peel that off and take the bread into your hands. Jesus that night said, I desired to be with you. But it wasn't just that night. It's now. He's speaking to you. I desire to be with you. I want you to connect. This isn't something you're just remembering. This isn't something you're just doing. I'm connecting spiritually. Something's occurring right now. I desired. I desire to be with you. And that means we're in his presence. We're connected with him. And from his presence, he, the word, John says, in the beginning there was a word and he spoke and he said he was the word and the word had flesh and that's Jesus. And he spoke promises. I want you to realize the promise of what I'm doing. The covenant that I'm making. This between God and Jesus. See if it's between you and, I, and God or you and Jesus, we messed it up. But it's Jesus and God says, I'm making a covenant a promises for you so that the Holy Spirit can be released through you. Because you're going to be in my presence, there could be something that's going to change you. People are going to say, what's different about you? They're going to be sensing the presence of God, not you. And the Holy Spirit's going to start doing stuff and convicting them and working in their lives. So take that bread. Lord Jesus, we speak your truth. Fill us right now with your word. Fill us right now with your presence. Fill us right now with your spirit. Empower us. Lord, awaken us to truth in the word. Lord, empower us with your spirit and your gifts. Empower us with your presence. 
And Lord God, right now, release. Release your message. Release your presence. Lord, release us from fear. Break that right now, God. Lord, just break that fear that's in us that we've grown up with, that fear that has its defenses, that's living around us, that fear that's trying to hold us right now. Set, set us free. Set us free right now, God. Set us free in your presence. Lord, allow a new awakening, a new awareness of who you are to fill us, Lord God. And Lord, as you take that bread and let us eat, Lord, your body was broken. That this was done over 2,000 years ago. This work was done. We receive it now. We receive freedom. We receive release. Lord, we receive what you have right now. Lord, reveal truth to us. Lord, cause us to walk in your presence, to walk in your freedom. Now take the top and tear it off. Take the juice and begin to drink it. God, I receive your promise. Your blood that was purchased to set us free. Lord, we receive it right now in its fullness and its power. Lord, set us free. Set us free in your name.
So we've talked about we need to replace our fear with faith. We've talked about to conquer fear, we have to be in charge of what's going in our what we're thinking about, our thought process. We have to give that to God. We have to speak life, not death, into our circumstance, into our situation. But then how are we to walk? How are we to feel? We are to walk in joy. Do you know that you can walk in joy even though everything is just horrible all around you? In this season that we're in, we can walk in joy. So happiness is an experience. Like it's my birthday. I'm happy. You know, something good happens. I got a pay raise. I got a, you know, something really good happens. Got a check in the mail I wasn't expecting. I'm happy. So happiness is an experience. It's like an event that happens. But joy comes from a source. It's an assurance that God is in control. So um, it, it comes from God. He fills us with that. It is a trust and an assurance that he's got it. He is a big God. He is sitting on the throne. He sees all that's going on. He is in control. He says that in his word, that he, he is in control. It feels out of control to us, but it is not for him. He's waiting for just the right moment to reveal himself. I can have joy in that, in the knowing he is in control. So David, he is at his worst moment. He's running around hiding in caves because there's a maniac king trying to kill him. And it goes on and on and on, month after month. When we read the Psalms, we, we, can, we can feel his heart. We can feel his pain. We can feel all the things that, that David's going through. There, there are scriptures we read. He says, God, where are you? Where did you go? You failed me. Where are you? But you got to keep reading. Because David has those moments of, I'm sick of this. I'm tired of this. Do something about it, God. Where are you? And you keep reading and you keep reading and you keep reading. And all of a sudden you get to the part in that passage where it says, but I know who you are, God. I'm feeling this way in the moment, but I know who you are. I know that you are God Almighty. And you have delivered me in the past, so you will deliver me now. You will do it again. And he starts speaking life into his situation. So in, um, David says this, When anxiety was great within me, your consoling brought me joy. When anxiety was within me, he, when anxiety was with David, he went to the Lord. He said, Lord, I need you. I feel anxious. I'm fearful. I'm tired. And God came and consoled him, gave him peace, and filled him with what? Joy. Did it change his circumstance? Did his circumstance change? He's still in a cave, and there's a crazy king still after him. The situation, the circumstance did not change where this passage is found. It still went on. But God met him right where he was and filled him him with joy. Joy is a contentment. It is a firm foundation. You feel that your feet are on a firm foundation. 
Acts 2.28 says, you will fill me with joy in your presence. That's where we have to go. If you don't feel his joy, go to his presence. He makes everything new there. When we are in his presence and we are seeking him, that's when he is his greatest in us. This passage, Romans 15, 3, it's been popping up all over the place for me all week long. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that the, you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I just love everything that is in this passage that God wants to fill us with hope. He wants to fill us with joy. He, he wants us to be able to trust in him. And look, he wants it to overflow in us. Not just fill us, but overflow out of us joy and that steadfastness, that, that firmness in him. And, um, but he says, not in you. Don't we try and feel like sometimes we muster it up? Okay, I'm trying. I'm really trying. I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to not be fearful. I'm trying to have hope. I'm trying to have a little joy. Like, let me just work it up. And we feel like we have to work it up in our own strength. And we can't. We won't be successful in that. You cannot talk yourself into it. You have to go where? In God's presence. You go to him. You immerse yourself in his presence. And out of being in his presence, he comes. He comes and he fills you with joy, with confidence, with hope. And it overflows out of you. How awesome is that? It is time that we start declaring it. It is time we start speaking it out and living it. We need to declare, God, you are a good, good God. God, you have the best for me. God, you are sitting on the throne and you are in control. God, I love you. God, I trust you. And as you begin to speak that out and speak life out, he will pour into you a confidence and a hope and a trust in him. Amen? Amen. Let's stand because we're going to go into his presence now. We are going to go. We are going to praise him. We are going to acknowledge who he is. And we are going to speak it out. And I ask that you just not sing the song, but allow the presence of the Holy Spirit and the power that he wants to give and pour into you this morning. He wants to do that. But you have to meet him. You have to meet him. Don't just stand there and say, well, okay, God, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you. That's not how it works. You have to walk into his presence, and it's there that he meets you. It's there. The power of the Holy Spirit is strong. It is powerful, and it will be at work in you. And what will rise out is joy. No matter what your situation looks like, no matter what your circumstance is, you can walk and be in joy.